disturbed. As always, I am Darren Carp, and I'm here with J Bone, J Money. Oh no. J Mom, J Bone, sticking. John, it's sticking. It's sticking, and it's not sticking. more than I will say this: more than one person messaged me this past week and called me J Bone. One of which was our friend Ian. Yep. Who, no, I saw um, that on your Instagram, and yeah, that's who really went with it. What's yeah. gonna keep me doing it? Um, All right. Well, I think from now on, just intro me when we when we open the show as J Bone, and I think it's something I'm gonna have to just get used to at this point. Yes, because as we learned from our NMR, which which you and I talked about, how. Yeah. When you tell me things that you don't like, mm-hmm. that encourages me <laughs> to, to do the thing you don't like. You're one of those types, huh? Yep. Just right, with you, well, honey. Just with you. And you know it's in say, good fun. You know it's in good fun. But J-Bone? Come is. on. That's a great, that's a great name. The, just any kind of like bone in the name. I don't know. D-Bone? Yeah, D-Bone. D-Bone. I was just thinking that. I was like, that's a little bit of a different vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, J-Bone is signed on and ready to go on this week's episode. Darren, um... This is your first full episode as a 36-year-old. Am I correct on that? Wow, you're really just just uncovering my details. Yes, I'm 36. That's right. I love my age. I love... I'm one of those people that's, like, completely fine, you know, with, with my age. I will say, like, I look back now at pictures from just a few years ago, and I'm like, my beard is not nearly as silver as it is mm. now. And I'm thinking, is this going to happen quickly? Because I don't want... That's the one thing I think I'm worried about, is I don't want a bunch of silver gray hair. I'm not saying anything bad about it. I'm just saying, for me, like, I've always... You know what it is, Darren? I'll be honest. As someone who has, like, a big, thick head of hair and never really noticed or cared about, like, my hair, as we get older, it's the one thing I notice people talk about more and more. And I'm very thankful that I have, you know, that kind of hair. But now it's like, oh, well, I have that hair, but it might be white one day. I know. You know? So it's just something uh, to think about. We talk about the art of aging in <laughs> NMR. We get a right. deep dive into this because I have many thoughts on this, especially as a mm-hmm. woman. Um, sure. And, you know, women tend to not age as well as men in society due to societal standards. So definitely right. check out our NMR to get into that. But, John, before we get into this week's case, are you drinking this week? I'm drinking my Baileys and hot or um, Baileys and coffee right now. It's later in the evening. We're we're uh, recording this on a different day than usual. I I don't have any pickleball tennis plans directly after our recording. I'm feeling good about drinking on this week's episode. What about you? I uh I have a like a little slight cold, not COVID. Mm. Cold. Okay. You, you, right. you have to say something these days. It's like people it forget weird, that you yeah. can like be sick outside of it, even though I'm not overly sick. I just have like a touch well, of a flu. stuffy, runny nose. Yeah, right. The like flu's back and 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 raging. In its full swing. Ugly in, head. Yeah. In full swing. Um, I don't feel like that because I'm not like run down or have a yeah, fever you sound or anything great. like that. Yeah, you sound I just fun. have um like a runny nose. Hate so that. I'm drinking. Yeah, it's like annoying. I know. You know, it's That's like every time the, I see something, almost... I'm like, ugh. It's like just annoying. <laughs> it's just fucking annoying. And I'm sure when um, you're on camera throughout the day, right, when, when you're working and stuff, you're like probably don't want to be reaching over and blowing your nose every three seconds. Uh, well, say. exactly. And it's just like your eyes are watering. So I am having a hot cup of water with lemon. <laughs> Nice. That is That's how nice. old lady I ask, am. Let me ask you this before we get into the episode um, and today's case. Could it be, Darren, that you have what I'm very familiar with, allergies? <gasps> Ooh. No. No, it's nope. impossible. You're, you're nope. immediately I debunking fe- it? 
I feel like the way that science works <laughs> is that when you have two people on a podcast, okay? Uh-huh. I read this. When you have two okay, people on a podcast. Okay. Definitely. This isn't a science journal. It's fact-based. Oh, wow. When okay. you, for sure. When you have two people on a podcast <laughs> who both happen to be opposite sexes but both gay right. and one is 100% allergies, the mm-hmm. other person <laughs> can't possibly it's immune. have allergies. I'm immune. immune. Yeah, I yeah. have, I, 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 I have immune. I have immune. I have immune. <laughs> I shan't. I shan't and I can't. I shan't. I have immune. I shan't. Oh, no. We're not doing Irish again. There is. There's the Irish. Well, fair enough. But you did just remind me at the very beginning of your response there. Have you heard that um, TikTok meme of Justin Bieber going, immediately no. Immediately no. I've seen what I needed to see. Immediately no. You probably no, you probably haven't amazing. seen it because you don't spend all day on TikTok like I do. But um yeah, you, you were immediately, you said that immediately. It was just very funny. For people who are listening that also watch TikTok, they probably know what, what I'm talking about here. But anyways, well, I hope well, you feel better. I hope, immediately, no. I hope you enjoy your hot cup of water. Talk about going crazy on today's episode. I gotta say, like, I always judge people because it seems old whenever they do that, but... There is no, something it's, so soothing about it having is. a hot cup of water. Like, not tea. You just know what? a hot cup of water. I don't... Well, here's the thing. I, I've, I've looked into this because, you know, sometimes I'm, you know, allergies. I'm My voice sure. is deeper. You know, I kind of struggle in my voice in, in some ways being a professional uh, podcaster. But you know who else does it? Who drinks a hot cup of water before every show is Dave Howard Stern. Oh, thank God. I think David Archuleta. Archuleta. <laughs> Potentially David, too. But Howard Stern, you know, who's had a 40-year radio career, um, drinks hot water. The other thing about tea is it's dehydrating. It's caffeinated, so it's dehydrating, which is not good right. for your voice. So it's better to drink hot water. Before we continue, we wanted to tell you guys about this incredible service that we absolutely love and who are sponsoring today's episode. Surfshark VPN keeps your online identity safe by encrypting all of the information sent between your device and the internet. This keeps your personal data protected from big companies or cyber criminals. One really cool thing that Surfshark can do is change your virtual location on your devices. This gives you the chance to access and unblock content libraries and streaming services from other countries, like all of the Netflix libraries. Masking your IP address is essential to becoming private online. A VPN makes sure that your city, your country, and download history aren't linked to your own identity. Surfshark liberates your internet by unblocking blocked websites and bypassing geo-restrictions. Internet censorship will be a thing of the past with Surfshark. Surfshark does not monitor, track, or store what you do online. That means no connection or activity logs. It's just an incredible company doing incredible things to make sure that we're all safe with how we browse the internet. And take our word for it, you want Surfshark. And are you ready for this? You guys listening are going to get an incredible deal. Go to surfshark.com shaken and use code shaken to get 83% off plus three months extra for free. This is honestly one of the best deals that we've ever even had on our show. So for 83% off plus three extra months free, go to surfshark.com shaken and use code shaken and secure your internet browsing experience today. I'm very excited about this case. Um, it's a really hard case, but I just want to say that yeah. it actually came recommended uh, oh. by me. I was the one who recommended it. Oh, I didn't even I, know that. And I read about it in that oh. book, Stiff, that my mom gave me. Oh, um, this one. Yeah. So. Got it. Yeah. Why don't you kick so, it off for us? Let's do it. 
Shantae Mallard was born in 1976, the only daughter of James and Dorothy Mallard. James worked at a trucking company in Fort Worth, Texas, while Dorothy stayed at home to raise Shantae and her two brothers. By the way, Mm. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the name, but I feel like people will be familiar with this case or maybe have heard about it because it's kind of a... It's in our ether of it happening recently in most of people's lifetimes. So I'm sure that this might be a familiar case to some. Well, the family were devout Baptists, regularly regularly attending Wednesday and Sunday night services. Fellow church members recalled Shantae and her family fondly, noting that all three children were well-behaved and a little spoiled by their parents, which, okay. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. It's when they get to be like little brats that we have a problem. <laughs> I will say my my family was always good about not spoiling me, except my grandmother. She always spoiled me. She was like, let's go crazy. Let's do things on the weekends. I'll buy you what you need. You know, things like that. I really and I have fond memories of her spoiling me. So isn't it worth it in the end? I mean, yes. <laughs> and like, isn't that the point? I mean, granted, okay, these are not grandparents, but isn't that the point of grandparents? Of grandparents, like, yes, a hundred percent. Spoil the kid, totally. like without any of the responsibility. And as we talked at the top of the show, I am now a grandparent because I'm very old. Yes, as we know, mm-hmm, as we know, exactly. you are I'm, a if, strong thirty-six. As of right now, we are parents to everyone listening, as mom and dad. But maybe one day I'll be grandma. You know, maybe uh, one maybe. can only hope, and you can spoil <laughs> me forever. Grandpa, so, absolutely. When Shantae started high school, she volunteered at the church nursery and taught a Bible study class for children. Shantae was also an active member of her school's marching band and a boys' soccer coach. Yeah, an active member, John. You were active. <laughs> That's true. Although you were part of the boys' soccer team, right? So there you go. We're, we wow. have applications. Yeah, was, we have applications to the case. One of the best ones. And I just want to say that I know normally we give the background to these people because it's very important yeah. to give background. I find that this background is particularly important for the case. Um, I don't Mm. want to bury the lead here, but just pay attention to this background. Now, throughout high school, Shantae's image was perfectly perfect. Friends would often tease her for dressing better than her classmates and having perfectly styled hair. So she was the... She was the, that's true, you could relate. So she was the Cher Horowitz of her class, basically. Of course, Cher is from Clueless. Clueless. I... Would not have guessed. I know this sounds so bad. I'm not sure I would have guessed Cher's last name in Clueless. I know. I'm gay. You I gave have, me it's part of being choice. A, it's part of the gay male agenda. This is what everyone, you know, when religious folks get really upset and say the gay agenda, that's part of it. We have to watch Clueless and know all the names. And as we all know, gays absolutely have an agenda. And it's to watch absolutely. amazing movies and cinema. Right. Well, yeah. after after graduating from <laughs> high school uh, in 1994, now she's exactly 10 years older than you, John, just to give some context Oh, here. okay. And uh, so everyone knows how old you are. After <laughs> graduating God. from high school in 1994, Shantae graduated from high school and enrolled in a nursing program at Tarrant County Junior College. Shantae's parents even helped her to purchase a small $20,000 home with an attached garage. But Shantae also often found herself in financial trouble. She frequently had to call her parents for help when she fell behind with bills. At one point, Shantae fell so far behind in debt that she moved in with friends and rented out her house in order to try and get her head above water without her parents' help. This didn't last long, however. Shantae soon called her parents, who paid off all her debt, and she was able to move back into her home. Now, I don't... She seems like a really good person. To me, like, as a stereotype, knowing really nothing about anybody... Someone who is the stereotype of, like, a church-going person who wants to yeah. go to a nursing program. 
at the junior college no less right just seems like you know she's a member of the marching band she (laughs) she volunteered at the church nursery like this is somebody despite what i feel about religion this is someone who clearly i think i would assume is like a good person who has her shit together i don't know why she's not and granted there are plenty of good people who have their shit together who fall behind on paying their bills. That, that's well, not yes, what I'm saying. Of course, yes. But as far as I know, right now, there doesn't seem to be any, like, foul play kind of – not like she's into drugs or anything right now. Yeah, um, right. That would cause her to kind of fall out of debt that seems out of the ordinary. Yeah, I agree. Also, I want to see this $20,000 home with an attached garage. I mean, that's – even in the early 90s, mid-90s, that's, like, a very small amount of money for a home with an attached garage. I mean, um, yes, but like this isn't this ain't New York City, you know. What no, I, mean? I know this is it's Texas, true. So maybe that's true. Yeah. Maybe it's very remote. I mean, listen, I'm here in small town Maryland. I, I'm keeping an eye on the on the housing prices around here. Although now is a very crazy time for housing, the housing market. But um, yeah, twenty thousand dollars. Like I have ever seen those tiny homes that people buy and they like kind of put on land and they're like basically the size of a New York City apartment, but. You know, they're quote unquote tiny homes. I've yeah. always been like really interested in those. I've been interested in them because I think it yeah. would help me like be minimalistic. Totally. About yeah. the, like, I like having to be like, do I want this or do, what do I need? What totally, me yes. Joy, what you brings know? you, what sparks joy? What's exactly. bringing me joy? Yes. <laughs> well, moving on here with this case, on the evening of October 25th, 2001, at around 11 p.m., 25 year old Chantel Mallard was hanging out at a friend's apartment. At the apartment, the two women smoked marijuana and took ecstasy before leaving for Joe's Big Bamboo Club in Arlington. You know I'd be going to Joe's Big Bamboo Club. You know. You know. You know. You know me. That sounds like the type of thing that, like, we would go to at, like, South by Southwest or something when you and I go there. Hell yes, we would. We would be get t-shirts from Joe's Big Bamboo Club. Uh Duh, of course. At the club... Shantae and her friend continue to drink alcohol and party. Of course, say, that's what you do. I say club. At the club? Okay. At the club, yes. Right. We'll, we'll have yeah. our own little twist on that. But Exactly. <laughs> at about 3 a.m., Shantae left the club, <laughs> the club, the de club, and dropped her friend off at her apartment before leaving to go home uh, herself. To get home, Shantae had to drive down US 287, which is a six-lane highway outside of Fort Worth. Now, I know we have a lot of listeners that live in Texas. Um, if you remember, Darren, actually, when we went to South by Southwest, many of them visited us when we got drunk with them. Um, I know one of whom came from San Antonio. So there was a lot of people in Texas. There are a lot of people in Texas that love and listen to us. So shout out to y'all in Texas. Shout out to y'all in the club. And we're talking about US 287, which to you and I, Darren, is probably just another number. But like when people mention like the highways I grew up driving on here in my hometown or like even in Maryland I'm like oh my god I know I know I70 I know I68 that's my that's my interstate like why do I have such an affinity for my interstates but that's I, I don't the thing know. is like even seeing something that you've seen a million times like yeah. oh, if something is filmed in New York City oh, and I'm I like know. oh my god oh, I that's know. 30 Rock and like well, it's not cool like I live here I live here I work here I live here 30 it's Rock cool. is such a great example because it's everywhere right and it, it was right. just in the new Hawkeye show and it was it's in, in Spider-Man um, it's in and just like that Sex and, and the just City. like that and I'm like 
there's in fact yeah that's a great point in the first episode of and just like that i kept thinking about it because you and i had been in those exact areas like i remember us talking outside of that building that's where the sirius xm building is it's just funny but like of course it is right like this is new york we aren't the only people who live here anyway on this highway us 287 shantae struck a man named gregory biggs so i'm assuming when she struck a man, Darren, you may know this case a little better than I do. It was with her car, right? She didn't get yes. out and start punching somebody on the highway. Now, keep in mind, she's coming home from the club. It's the late. Club. The mm-hmm. club. It's late. Mm-hmm. She was drinking. That's right. You know. Um, she had ecstasy, at least. She had ecstasy. She was system. smoking weed. I don't recommend doing this. Right. Six-lane highway. It's dark. Just... Good point. Keeping that in mind. Yep. Good point. Well, Gregory was a 37-year-old homeless man who had worked as a bricklayer. In 1982, Gregory graduated from Evangel Evangel Temple Christian School. Excuse me. I'm not familiar with these religious terms. Where he was a member of the prayer club and was voted most teachable in his junior year. Former schoolmates recalled him as being astonishingly good-natured, well-mannered, and quiet. Uh, that same year, 19-year-old Gregory married his pregnant 15-year-old girlfriend, girlfriend, not girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend in the club, <laughs> in the club, Tammy Smith, and Tammy soon gave birth to their son, Brandon. So he seems like a good-natured man by all accounts, you know, 19-year-old, listen, you got a 15-year-old pregnant, listen, yeah. and back in 82, it was maybe a little bit different than how we would look at this a little bit more today not i wouldn't say it's the right thing to do but you know it's a situation that people found themselves in yeah of course and still and, do uh, well about a year after their wedding gregory started to show signs of mental illness and tammy being 15 and you know we know that gregory was homeless at 37 so in these next 18 mm. to 20 years since he got married mental illness is probably going to take its course now. And Tammy, being 15, became frightened and had no idea what to do. The couple divorced in 1984, and Gregory made every effort to spend time with his son, Brandon, whenever possible. However, within the past few years, Gregory had lost his home, his truck, and had spent the past two years living in homeless shelters and on the streets of Fort Worth. We often talk about the criminal justice system here, and Mm -hmm. obviously one of the reasons I don't believe in the death penalty is because a lot of it, A, people are innocent, and I don't think the justice system should be putting people to death, uh, specifically when there are so many innocent people out there who are currently serving time. But prison has become these mental health facilities, for better or for worse, and not in a good way. I don't mean that. I mean that pejoratively, that it's not. This has become people, a lot of homeless people, a lot. I don't know the exact number because it's probably hard to possibly to report, but a lot of this has to do with mental illness. And for that, they need rehabilitation. They need help. They don't need to be put in jail or just, you know, kicked aside. They're human beings. I I had a conversation with a family member recently who, when they asked how, how New York City was going before I came back and what it was like when I've been visiting, you know, their response was something along the lines of like, oh, I don't know how you can do it with all those homeless people. And I had to sit there and really right, kind of like, talk to her and be like, listen, I hear what you're saying on the news and in the in the social media and not experiencing homelessness like we do in New York City. You probably think that they're just these loud, obnoxious, d- quote unquote, disgusting people. But I'm like, they're human beings. They need rehabilitated. They were probably once, you know, in a good place at some point in their life yeah. and found themselves out on their luck. I personally have just a different compassion for that. And I had to basically explain to her that, like, just being homeless is not a reason to 
you know, dislike somebody or where they are in their or life. to assume danger. I mean, I understand exactly. The, I understand the stereotypes and under the circumstances, but you know, kind of looking down at that is a really privileged position to be it in, is, where it's yeah. like no matter what, like no matter what, we could lose our jobs today and tomorrow. We could have absolutely no money, and we can always go back and move for in with sure. Our parents, and that is like. Yeah. A safety net that so many people don't even kind of realize well, who don't even have that fucking option to do that, you know? And I, I know exactly what you're saying because whenever we started working remotely, you know, when the pandemic first started, I realized my extreme privilege of A, having a, pos- a, a job where I could work remotely, number one. You know, there were still people going into work, many people all over the Absolutely. world. And I was able to do exactly what you just said, come back to where my family lives and and stay in a house that they had available. Like the privilege is not lost on me. And so I think that's why I had to sort of stop and talk to my family member and say, listen, let's not stereotype everybody who's homeless just because of your perception of what you see. Frankly, I think it's the news. You know, the news is never telling great stories about homelessness. I don't I don't I don't watch cable news for this exact reason, especially COVID. It really brought out the difference. For sure. Like, you know, like, yeah, well, let's order in and be remote. But like, who's delivering the food to us? Exactly. What about the people who are on the front lines, the bus drivers, the subway people? Mm -hmm. What about the toll booth operators? What about, you know, the teachers like the hospital workers? Right. The hospital workers. And it's just like so much privilege is floating around where it's like they don't even see it you know it's really easy to just tell people like let's just be remote and i'm like well some people have to work and they can't yeah and that school is the kids daycare for them during the day so what are you gonna fucking tell those people who have to work like and and you hope that it's just an education thing right like you hope that when you tell people all this stuff that we're saying that they enlighten themselves and kind of adjust what they're feeling but it's like how many times does that happen? People yeah. people get stuck on their opinions and they don't want to hear anything else. But anyway, Darren. Anyway, Gregory <laughs> was, yeah, I know. However, Gregory was in the process of actively turning his life around. He had recently bought a car, was saving up money for a truck, so they were able to get back into the bricklaying business. He and a friend named Rafael Gomez helped each other out and planned to go into business together as soon as they were both back on their feet. Rafael had recently found a job as a cook at a boarding house and had moved out of the shelter. The two men communicated regularly in the hopes that they'd soon be able to work together. And in an interview with the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Tammy's mother, Carol, spoke only positively of her former son-in-law, saying, I didn't want everybody to think Greg was just a down-and-out no-good. He wasn't. He was a great guy. He had just gotten out of work, lost his truck, and that's what happened. Exactly. 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 Like, exactly. And when Shantae struck Gregory, the front portion of his body, his head, arms, and torso, became lodged in the hole his body made in the vehicle's Ugh. windshield. So okay? wait a minute. So he this wasn't a, a vehicular accident, it sounds it is. like. Oh, it is. Okay, got it. It is. She struck him uh, when she was driving. I'm assuming because okay. she was driving under the influence. Didn't see him for whatever reason. He gets caught in the windshield. And the front portion of his body is just kind of stuck there. Okay, this is. But was he in a case. car himself as well? No. Got no. it. So he. No. So he was based. So that's what I was trying to get at. So he is a person walking around essentially on the highway. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got or it. like maybe she turned or something. Like that's how she was coming home. But like. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. She stri- She strikes him. He, got she it. hits him. Yep. So it's very important for these details to, like, imagine this, yeah. picture it. Now, the bottom portion of his body, from mid-torso downward, remained outside the car. So he's okay. kind of, like, half in, half out. Now, immediately after hitting Gregory, this is so important, Shantae briefly stops her car to try and remove his body from her windshield. 
However, she was unsuccessful. Now, granted, she probably knew something medically because she was studying to be a nurse. And I, you know, sometimes if there's blunt force trauma, if you get an object stuck in your body, you're not supposed to remove it because that would have the blood flow. So that would hurt your blood flow and then you could bleed out essentially. So there are certain rules for things. Now, for sure, after finding herself unable to remove Gregory, okay, she drives about a mile to her house. Now, granted, Gregory's still in the car. Chante drives about a mile to her house parks the car in her garage, leaving her car with Gregory, <sighs> stuck inside the windshield, still alive. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, the following day, on October 26th at around 9 a.m., Shantae picked up her ex-boyfriend, Cleet Jackson, and brought him to her home to show him her car with Gregory's now-dead body still wedged in the windshield. So he probably bled out overnight, probably could have been saved. Had, mm-hmm. had she called fucking 911, but no, she didn't. She called Cleet. Yeah. So that evening, Cleet, with the help of his cousin Herbert Cleveland, finally removed Gregory's body from the windshield. The two men brought Gregory to the nearby Cobb Park, and on, and on October 27th, Gregory's contorted and lacerated body was found in the park by two elderly men. His legs were broken, and his face and clothing were covered in glass fragments. Of course they were. Gregory's underwear and pants, which still contained his wallet and ID, were down around his ankles. Investigators, ins- which I think would would lead somebody to think that maybe there was some sort of sexual thing going on there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that. Investigators right. inspected Gregory's body and determined that although he was found face up, his blood had pulled in a way that indicated he had laid face down for some time. Authorities determined that Gregory was a hit-and-run victim who had died elsewhere and had been brought to the park post-mortem. Yep. Gregory's son, Brandon, was notified of his father's death. Brandon was only 19 at the time and hadn't known his father was even living in a homeless shelter. Wow. A lot of times, by the way, people that are homeless or have lost things are too ashamed to even you know share this with people that they love and know because there's there's a lot of... Well, there's so much stigma. Yeah, exactly. so much stigma with it. Gregory's funeral was held on October 31st. Brandon, his mom, Tammy, and Tammy's parents were the only attendants. Very heartbreaking. It wasn't until several months later that police police managed to get a lead on this case. I mean, a lot a lot has happened here, but somebody has to be held accountable. I just, like, there's so much of, like, a split-second decision that can yes. change your life. And... I'm just thinking about this woman who, I mean, I don't know how intoxicated she was, but if there is a man in your windshield, I'd like to think that you would have sobered up really quickly. It's hard to say what was going through her mind. Obviously, this was a fight or flight response, but the fact that she just let him bleed out, like, is insane to me. Now, on February 26, 2002, authorities received a tip from one of Shantae's acquaintances. In her statement, the woman recounted to police a disturbing story from Valentine's Day, which just happened, you know, about two weeks prior. The woman went out on Valentine's Day evening with a group of girls, including Shantae, who mentioned to the group that she couldn't take her car. She oh. then explained that she had recently hit a man while drunk and messed and was messed up on ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Shantae went on to describe that after leaving the fatally wounded man in her garage, she had sex with her boyfriend Terrence inside her house. Uh, so now she's like admitting to this stuff. Also, why isn't Terrence helping her out? Why is she calling her ex-boyfriend? Mm. According to Shantae, after sex, the two had gone back into the garage to listen to the man beg for help oh, before God. going back inside. What? 
Shantae told the group that she and Terrence waited a few days for the man to die, then left his body in Cobb Park. Now, this woman is, like, bragging about this, okay? This is fucking horrible. After taking this woman's statement, police obtained a search warrant and arrived at Shantae's home. Shantae answered the door. (sighs) Shantae answered the door to a dozen police officers and immediately broke down, stating, I'm not a bad person. It was an accident. It happened so fast. I've never even had a speeding ticket. Yeah. Was it... Did it happen so fast that you didn't think about it before having sex with your boyfriend? Or what about a few days after and wanted to hear him plea for his fucking life? Upon searching the home, authorities found Shantae's car, which was still dented from the collision and covered in blood with most of the seats removed. She's not even like, that's the weird thing about her is that she's not trying to cover up the crime. Well, that's true. Yeah. So that's why I don't really even understand. Like, if she was a malicious person, obviously she would do it. She wouldn't care. She would cover it up. She would try and... But she's not really trying to do that. So yeah. that's what's so confusing. Police found the vehicle's passenger seats in Shantae's backyard. One of them had been set on fire. Oh, Shantae God. later admitted that she had taken the seats out and burned one because she was afraid of getting caught and going to jail. Well, but not enough just... to clean up the fucking blood. Sorry. What? No, no, that's a good point. <laughs> and I think that is... The, the last line here of our research is exactly what I would assume was fueling all of her decision making here right like right what is she gonna do um you know for her in her mind she's probably like if i get him out of the windshield and take him to the hospital they're going to know that i hit him they're going to probably run a blood test on me they're gonna find out i was driving under the influence and then i'm gonna go to jail i mean these are the things that people in these situations think and it's why so many murders end up this way and even though this was an accident by the way not saying it was a murder in a, in essence it kind of is because she could help him could have helped him survive and it was her fault but i think so many people that are otherwise you know innocent nice kind people find themselves in these accident accidental scenarios and then they don't know what to do and i think that's what she's saying here fight or flight right and like exactly. i understand being like oh my god what have i done like i For understand sure. that of but course. then then you tell friends that you were watching but, him beg for his life? Like, fuck you. But fuck what you. about the um, the man that just recently got sentenced to 100 years in prison because his brakes failed in his well, big rig? Yes, but that Governor was, Jared Polis commuted yes. it down to 10 years, which is good. Which I even say, I'm like, what? The, the brakes failed. Like, come on. 10 years, I think, is even too much. But... Another, it's another example of somebody who found themselves in an accidental situation and is now paying a price. So, you know, it is what yeah. it is. But anyway. Well, Shantae was taken to the police station where she gave a statement. Now, according to the statement Shantae gave police, she'd only consumed two drinks at the club, but felt funny as though something may have been slipped into her drink. Mm. Yeah, it's called ecstasy when you take it. Uh, well, as she right. drove through a long curve on the highway a man crashed through her windshield leading partially inside a landing partially excuse me inside the passenger side of her car Shantae admitted that she'd panicked drove home sat inside her car in her garage apologizing to the man eventually she went inside her home to cry on her kitchen floor Hmm. now remember the details that we heard about her having sex and begging asking the man to beg for his life those are technically from other people so she hasn't You know, it's from one of the people who was out with her on Valentine's Day. We don't know if that's exactly her story. It doesn't sound like it is, but it's worth mentioning that her story does not uh, corroborate with that. 
Well, anyway, Shantae recalled returning to her car periodically to continue apologizing to the man who was still alive and moaning in pain. Eventually, she stopped going to the garage, and Gregory had died sometime during the night. She then recounted calling a friend named Vaughn, who came over, saw what had happened, and took Shantae to a friend's house. She recalled Vaughn telling her, quote, don't worry about it, I took care of it. So now the stories are changing, right? Because, yep. you know, she's now saying that basically somebody else did something with this body and everything while she was asleep. Well, right. Shantae told authorities that she finally returned home three days later and Gregory's body was gone. And after taking her statement, police arrested Shantae on charges of failing to stop and render aid. Yeah. Shantae, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Shantae was then released on bond. Police never publicly verified being able to locate anyone named Vaughn who was affiliated to Shantae. On March 6th, the medical examiner released details about Gregory's death to the police, and according to the medical examiner, Gregory's left leg was near, nearly amputated in the collision, and he had died within hours of being struck from blood loss and shock. The oh. medical examiner also stated that the condition of the body indicated it had left in the park with uh, it had been left in the park within a day or so of the collision. So her timeline's not fucking adding up here, Yeah, people. this isn't adding up. The medical examiner concluded by ruling Gregory's death a homicide, finding that he very likely would have survived his injuries if yep. he had received medical treatment. The same day... Yeah, sorry, I didn't want to... Did you want to no, add something please. here? No, okay. I'm just... It's pathetic. This is it pathetic. It is pathetic. The same day Shantae was arrested a second time, this time on a murder charge. On April 25th, 2002, Shantae was indicted on the murder charge, as well as an additional charge of tampering with evidence. Then on September 12th, 2002, Herbert Cleveland pled guilty to tampering with evidence and was sentenced to nine years in prison. As part of his plea deal, Herbert agreed to testify at Shantae's trial. Mm. So we hear this a lot. This People kind of conspiring now, in these on January 8th, 2003, situations. Yeah, right. Yeah. Shantae's ex-boyfriend, Cleet, pled guilty to tampering with evidence and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. He, too, agreed to testify at Shantae's trial as part of the plea agreement arrangement. Uh, on June 23, 2003, Shantae filed a plea of guilty to tampering with evidence, but filed a plea of not guilty on the murder charge, thus beginning her murder trial. If found guilty, Shantae faced a life sentence in prison. However, if she is found guilty of failing to render aid, she would potentially serve a maximum of five years in prison. Okay. Shantae's defense team seemed so two wildly different sentences. <laughs> yeah, here. Those are very uh, different. Yes. Wildly different sentences. Now, because obviously I don't think she went out seeking to murder to him. To kill him. Like right. right. But then once you do, right. what what do you do? And Shantae's yep. defense team seemed fairly confident that she would be found guilty at most of failing to render aid. However, the prosecution had an extremely different outlook on the case, especially if they started talking to people who were close to Shantae. Shantae was very close with one of her childhood friends, Vadana Spruill. The two even worked together at Mariner Health Facility in Fort Worth, and Vadana told the prosecution that Shantae suddenly started showing up late to work because she began needing to depend on others to drive her in. I said, Tay, what happened to your car? She was smiling. She always had a smile on her face. She said, girl, I wrecked it. She was scared to tell her dad because he was about to make the last payment on the car. I said, where's the car now? She said it was at home in the garage. Sherry Orr, Shantae's neighbor from across the street, also gave a statement where she pointed out that their homes are very close to both a fire station and a police station. Quote, all she had to do was say, oh, Lord, I hit this man, uh. Mr. Fire Department man. The police station was just right there on Miller. Why did you make all this burden on your family and yourself? She hit this man and she hid this for so long. She thought she was going to get away with it. Yeah. 
I mean, listen, I mean, well, let's wrap up the, the last part of this story here, and then I'm going to add a little bit more. But Yeah, then we can get into it. Yeah. The prosecution's first witness was a toxicology expert called to explain the effects of alcohol, ecstasy, and marijuana, and what they would have on Shantae's cognitive abilities on the night of the collision. When Shantae herself took the stand to testify on her own behalf, she sobbed and apologized to Gregory's son and her own family, openly stating that she felt that she deserved prison time. Quote, I am so truly sorry. I am so so sorry Brandon I'm so sorry for what I have caused your family and I am sorry for the pain I have felt I have put my family through I'm so sorry uh, for the crime I've done to society I really am very sorry end quote I think that says something but Shantae also stated that drugs and alcohol alcohol had ruined her life and she hoped to be able to seek treatment on June 26 the jury began deliberations and after only an hour of deliberations delivered a guilty verdict on the charges of murder and tampering with evidence the court sentenced Shantae to 50 years in prison for the murder charge, plus an additional 10 years for tampering with evidence to be served concurrently, so a maximum, essentially, of 50 years in jail. Right. At her sentencing, Gregory's son Brandon made the following statement in open court, quote, To the Mallard family, we would like to say that we are sorry for your loss as well. To Shantae, I personally would like to say I would accept your apology, and in return, I hope that you will accept my forgiveness. End quote. Wow, I would not be as gracious. <laughs> I mean, it's a that. powerful thing, but yes, I, I totally hear you there as well. The Tarrant County ADA also made a statement, quote, She could have saved him. Doesn't that speak volumes about her character? Doesn't that speak volumes about the atrocity of this crime? End quote. Shantae will be eligible for parole in 2028 after serving 25 years of her sentence. So, Darren, you're, you just said that you wouldn't be as... Um, what I mean, did you I'd say? Like, I, yeah. I wouldn't be as, as gracious. I mean, I'd like yeah. to think that I think that helps people, right? Like, I think that when mm -hmm. you're able... The opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference, right? And I think yeah. that when you have so much hate in your heart for someone... I mean, this is sort of why I understand when people are for the death penalty, right? Because I can imagine if someone killed my parents, my brother, my friends, my totally. kids, I would totally. want that person to burn in hell for all eternity. I would want them to die. I would genuinely want them emotionally to be killed. I would. I felt, <laughs> okay. I've, I've, I, I felt that yeah. way. So yes. I understand that. Like, I get the emotional weight of that. And I think for Gregory to hear this case knowing that his i feel like it's one thing if you know this was a hit and, this was kind of a hit and run where he died on impact it was a stupid thing that it was a stupid thing that she did and it was a stupid thing that happened and unfortunately she drove drunk drove on ecstasy killed a man and she has to yeah. suffer the consequences for that but she could have saved him. And that's what really grinds my gears about this entire thing. Like, especially yeah. knowing her proximity to the police station and the fire department, especially knowing that she waited hours, days before even saying anything. I don't think I would be as gracious as yeah. Brandon is being in that situation because it I mean, could have been prevented. Yeah, and like being his son and knowing the manner in which he died, I mean, that would that's a whole other like hill to climb. You know, it's one thing to forgive somebody for what they did here, but knowing the details and how easily it could have been changed, you know, that's, that's where what it's I'm like, saying. like, yeah, I mean, I do, I will say, I think it's, I, I, I don't know if I love to hear it, but it, it really, it, warms it really, my heart that he did that. Though. Yeah. It like really sparks this like feeling of like, maybe, you know, people, there are good people out there because 
as you pointed out, and as we said, like, yes, she didn't do what she should have done, but she, as you said, Darren, wasn't looking to kill somebody. She, she made a bunch of bad mistakes in a row, frankly. It was probably the worst 20 minutes of her life ever. I'm sure it is. And if somebody has the humanity to look beyond that and understand that there was no intent to truly murder somebody, then what more can you ask for in this scenario at the end of the day, you know? Well, right. And like, look at the person, like there's a difference in reaction. Like the person who, you know, was driving the truck to your point in Colorado, like as soon as he he was like, I wish I had died. Like, I wish that it killed me. Like he was horrible about it. Um, I'm blanking on her name. Why am I blanking on her name? I want to say it's like Kelly Pollard, but I'm blanking. The female police officer who Mm. meant to tase, but shot uh, the victim Yes, I know who you're talking I'm, about. I'm forgetting I'm the name too. Blanking, it's co- it's cold brain right now. But like, say what you will about police officers and all that stuff happening. Clearly, after that happened, she broke down. She was like, "Oh my god, oh my!" You know, she yelled taser when it was happening. She broke down, saying right. all these horrible things. That, that she, she was like, "I'm going to go to prison. I killed a man. Oh my god, oh my god!" Broke down in tears. Like yeah. that to me doesn't mean that you don't deserve justice, but at least goes to show that your intent obviously your was not to yeah. murder. And clearly, I can say confidently that Shantae's intent was not to murder. But yeah. after all of this is done, the carelessness under which yes. it was done, I mean, even if you're in an ecstasy-fueled, drunken state, <laughs> you don't call the police the next day? Like, you don't yeah. call the police to get them out of the car? You just call your ex-boyfriend and just dump this guy in the fucking park like he's nothing? Like, right. There's that I don't have too. any get to that. fucking... Yeah. I don't have any remorse for people like that. I, I don't have any... I don't have any empathy for somebody like that. I you just you. treat a human being like they're fucking disgusting. Yeah. I just, I can't. I'm sorry. I get really heated about that. And that's why I wanted to do this case because it's like. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. It's like the intention to murder wasn't there, but the intention to keep him dead was absolutely to, there. And to keep it hidden even, you know, exactly. like that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Exactly. Well, obviously let us know what you guys think about this yeah. case. Um, I wanted to cover it for a lot of, I think intellectual argument yeah, is to be yeah. had here with a lot of this stuff. For sure, and, yeah. You know, I tend to be very empathetic, I think, when it comes to a lot of this stuff. It's just very hard for me in this particular case. <laughs> but we obviously want to know what you think. At Carpe Darren, at Jay Thrasher, obviously hit us up in our Facebook group. Um, and, you know, our Facebook group is just like this lovely place well, to be. And I think you even pinned a great, <laughs> a great comment of someone who's just like, can we just... Just <laughs> chat because this group no, is great. And I was like, yes, we that's can. A, that is a great segue into our listener shout outs because I wanted to shout out our friend Kaylee in the Facebook group. And she recently posted, quote, can we start a thread where we just talk? This group has been amazing. And I pinned it to the top and it reminded me about how great our listeners really are. Um, yes. Facebook groups can get so dark and dismal, like especially the true crime ones. You know, like I've been in a couple. I don't love them. I've left a few of them. But you guys listening, and maybe if you're not even still listening, like I feel like there's probably people in there that don't even stay up to date with our shows. You guys are such amazing children. Mom and dad love you. Thank you for keeping at least our Facebook group um, a a nice place on the internet. Yeah, exactly. And also, before we move on, I forgot. I want to make sure I say thank you so much to everybody who gave me so much birthday love uh, throughout the last week or so. Um, My birthday was last Monday. I saw most of it. I tried to respond and react and love, but just know I saw most of it. I love your... 
um, Harry Potter memes, your David Archuleta gifts, your <laughs> your Golden Girls photos. I saw it all, so thank you. I appreciate it. You make so you make mom they feel know- loved. It's so weird that they know that you love like <laughs> Jurassic Park, Spice Girls, and Jay Isn't that weird? It's so weird. It's, it's so weird. weird. I never you bring never that talk up. about never no, talk about it. I never like do. our fans are sleuths. They're sussy sleuths. <laughs> They're keeping sussy an eye on sleuths. me. Yep, yep. Ooh, Ooh I like that. Sussy Ooh, sleuths. Ooh, a sussy sleuth. Ooh. Ooh, a sussy sloth. Okay, oh, maybe not that's that. us. Yeah, We're that's the slods. They're the sludes. Um, <laughs> Jorge recently joined our Patreon and posted in the Facebook group. Just joined as a patron member, but been enjoying all our, your past episodes. Shout out to you. Thank oh, you thank so much you. for joining our Patreon and supporting the show, Jorge. We love you. And uh, we, or is it Jorge? Jorge, girl. Say. Oh, hey, Or is girl. it just George? We're not even sure, but thank you nonetheless. For could be George, but I, yeah. I, when I see J-O-R-G-E, I, I think know. Jorge. But it could I be have, George. I don't want to take that away. No, for sure. I have a friend who's a little bit older than I am who is uh, from Cuba, spelled the same way, but he calls himself George. He only likes to be called George. So George or Jorge, whomever you may be, thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. And guys, don't forget to get bonus episodes, bonus videos, and even have a chance to come on our show like our friend Denise a couple weeks ago by signing up for our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed or click the link right in our show notes. Darren, it's super cheap, by the way. I mean, you can sign up for as little as five bucks a month and it helps us Keep these amazing true crime stories coming your way. Takes a lot, a lot to do this, and it helps us bring stories uh, that you guys want right to your earlobes. Earlobes. <laughs> yes. Well, rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts. We thank you for that as well. Let's thank Megan, who did the awesome research again this week, and she took. Uh, I amazing. told her I wasn't even sure how much real research there could have been out there outside of just yeah. what the headlines had said about Shantae Mallard. And I think she really did a well-rounded uh, research for this one. So let's definitely say thank you. One, two, three. Thanks, Thanks Megan. Megan. Me- M-Bone? Thanks, M-Bone. M-Bone. We're M-Bone. All... J-Bone, M-Bone, and D-Bone for this. Yep. Yeah, yep. J-M-D-Bone. J- yep, there yep, you go. yep, yep. That all works. Guys, we all love right. you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. See you next week. <laughs>